It's the Productized Podcast. My name is Brian Castle. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Got a good one for you today. A little bit of a different conversation. It's always a different conversation when I'm talking to Alan Branch. Yeah, always interesting, always fun to catch up with Alan. Uh, He's been involved in all sorts of different interesting businesses and projects over the year. And maybe the most interesting stuff has happened this year in 2018 when he and his family bought a warehouse in downtown Panama City, Florida, and turned it into their home and turned it into a YouTube show, which they then sold to Lowe's. (laughs) So after catching that, I had to kind of get Alan over here on the podcast and hear what the hell is all this about. So we got into that. We got into uh, building his next project, which will be a brewery, and how he's been running Less Films, the video production company for SaaS businesses some software stuff thrown in there. Always interesting, always entertaining. Pretty good conversation with Alan. Uh, Real quick before we start, if you know someone who is interesting, okay, maybe maybe you won't find someone as interesting as Alan, but hopefully you will. If you do know someone like that who you think would have a great story for me to talk to and and learn from here on this podcast, head over to productizepodcast.com slash suggest, and my producer and I will take a look and maybe we'll invite them on. All right, here you go. Here's my conversation with Alan Branch. Enjoy. All right, you guys know this guy. It's Alan Branch, reality show, TV star, YouTube sensation. Sure. (laughs) Big and tall male model. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I'm excited to catch up with you. You've been doing a lot of interesting things these past few months and years. Obviously, you know, the backstory you guys know from like less accounting and less everything, but you've just been doing some really kind of totally different out of left field kind of stuff in the last year or so that we want to get into. I mean, the thing that's on a lot of our radar right now is your, uh, I guess it's a YouTube show sponsored by Lowe's called Our Little Warehome. And you actually did build and move into a warehome in downtown uh, Panama City. So anyway, why don't we start there? Like, what do you, what do you uh, tell us that story a little bit? The story with that is, oh, this was uh, January of 2007. Uh, and Steve and I were buying real estate with our less accounting money because we sold less accounting the year before. We had bought some a quadplex, multifamily, and little houses. Yeah, we had put some money in real estate because there's this is a great rental market and I can find good deals and I know people to work on them. And so I was like, you know, Steve was giving me some money. We're going 50 50 in all these properties. And then I found this property downtown Panama City and it was like this old derelict building that had no utilities, stucco, stucco all over the building squirrels living in it uh hadn't been touched for like 70 years and uh it was thirty two thousand dollars it was 2300 square feet and i was like ah, something's wrong with that so we looked at it it's brick building and i was like all right let's get under contract i'm like i'm waiting to find like dead bodies under the floor like, what's the catch why is this building so cheap well what were you looking for like why were you looking at properties yeah just looking for good deals like was was it actually in, like your intention to move your home there or, or just well no i just saw the building and i was like this is such a good deal i don't even know what i would do with this building but it's $10 a foot and it's a brick building that has these incredible trusses in it. It's kind of in the heart of our downtown. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but we're going to buy it. So within a day or two, I had the contract immediately within two hours of it hitting MLS and the contract was 32,000. And, um, Steve was like, I, I don't want any part of that building. That building's gross. <laughs> I was like, okay, well I'll buy it. And so about a day later I was like, Oh, you know, we should, we should move into that house. That would be cool. That building. And Anna was like, Usually with my idea, she's like, oh, God, no. Like, I'm like, we're going to throw, throw a conference called Less Conf. You're going to run it, Anna. And she's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> All right. So I'm still just trying to understand this, though. Like, yeah. you find this warehouse. 
good deal, $30,000. You just buy it. But you, your plan at that point is not to, like, you don't know why you're buying this? <laughs> like, no, you- well, because at $32,000, at $32,000, I could have fixed the roof for fifteen, and then rented it out as storage at 1000 bucks a month. Like, you know, you're just going to, you're going to do something with it. You don't the money is it's so cheap. You can't buy a metal building in the middle of the worst neighborhood in Panama city for $32,000. Right. So it was just kind of like, you know, my car costs 32,000. That's like the building. I was like, surely we'll find some way to make money off this building. You know, again, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. So what, I mean, why the price, right? Like, is it because like downtown is kind of abandoned now or like what, what is it? Yeah. Our downtown is like a lot of downtowns in small town America. It's the, you know, we had a mall pop up in the seventies and eighties and traffic and business moved out that way. And, and our downtowns kind of sit stagnant for about 30 years. Most downtowns and small towns like this need residents. Urban sprawl took over and sucked residents and activity out of downtown. So downtowns now are struggling, a small, small city downtowns and they need residents. And you know, when I thought, oh, we should, we should make this into a house. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. And I was like, wait, what? Because normally she's like, hell no to all my bad, all my bad ideas. Where did you guys live before? Beautiful. It was actually, if you've been, to, well, the, the, some people, have, if they're listening, have been to Lescomp. The last, the last Lescomp, we actually had a party at my house. It's like a nice suburban Southern charm house, 3,500 square feet with a pool, big yard. And uh, it's Panama City, like three miles from here. And so I thought, like, well, we'll build it out as a house. And I thought, well, we'll just shoot some little – we had the video production company, Less Films, which there's like five employees. We do videos for software companies. So if you want to raise your conversions, you talk to me about video right now. And so we were like, well, we'll just shoot some little videos. And then – and I've gotten free stuff in my Twitter account. People – I'll be like – this company gave me beer brewing supplies one time to tweet about. I got a free bidet a while ago for <laughs> – Oh, so that's why all the all the bidet stuff. All right. Oh yeah. So Steve got a bidet like three years ago, and I was like, these bidets are awesome, and they were real active on Twitter. And I was like, I'm gonna see if they'll give me a bidet. And so I got a free bidet. So ridiculous. So they said, but anyways, I've gotten free stuff in my Twitter account. You know, bidets, all the things that you'd want from Twitter. I've really <laughs> that, monetized. That, that's Twitter. why we tweet. Come on. That's why I've been doing it for like ten years is to get that bidet. <laughs> and so I was like. Oh, these videos could be interesting. Uh, we'll sh- maybe we shot like little, like longer, like little episodes. This is all though over the course of like three days. And this was like a Less Films project. We'll get into Less Films for those who aren't yeah. familiar with it. But like Less Films obviously does video for clients, but you guys do these fun side projects. Just yeah, to- well, we it was like, yeah, we, we shoot videos for software companies, but I always tend to use all of the resources in the companies to do fun things in general. Like it's like the definition of a lifestyle business. <laughs> and so uh, we, we recorded a video series for my friend in Satchel's Pizza in Gainesville, Florida. Cause he's like this amazing entrepreneur and he makes like $3 million a year in pizzas and he's just so incredible. So I was like, let's shoot a series. So I've always done like little dumb stuff with companies like conferences and trips to Costa Rica. And, you know, Steve and I always said the business is here for the business owners to use and abuse to build the life we want. So I was like, we should shoot like little videos for this thing. I bet we can get like free stuff if we put it on YouTube. And then so I was like, well, to get free stuff, we need to make this thing look like it's a real show. And it's like, what does a real show have? Well, on the production team's website, it'll be like a little web page. I can make a web page. Got some headshots, put some headshots of the family on there and their name. Once you become a web designer, it's like you can do so many different things on the internet. It's crazy. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Once you know HTML. Yeah, exactly. And so um, headshots and shooting dates and building plans. We shot a little pilot episode. It was like four minutes long. 
And we had our, one of our animators on staff do a little introduction, our little wear home, the animated introduction, which I think gave it some production value. Yeah. And uh, we started, I started thinking like, I never really thought how many, like, I was thinking like at garage doors for the building project. I was like, I wonder what kind of garage door we should get. I thought there was like three manufacturers. There's hundreds of people that build garage doors. Hundreds. Yeah, crazy. I was like, oh, I can find someone in that list that'll give me a discount or something based off of the show. All right. So your family somehow decides to move out of the house and into this place and you're going to rebuild this warehouse downtown. That's yeah. probably a whole story in and of itself. But yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> hairbrain hair idea on top of hairbrain yeah. idea. But okay. So you and the guys at Less Films are saying, hey, let's video this thing. So from the get-go, you're, you're like, the structure that we see now on this YouTube show, which I think it's like 10 episodes, it's like legit. It could literally be yeah. like an HGTV sure. series. Like it's that type of quality and structure. Yeah, we and we shot, that. edited, and scripted the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So like from the get-go, you're planning it like episodes. And well, no, I never thought it would get that big. I literally thought like I'd get some discounts on some stuff. It'd be like this weird project. And Steve was like, yeah, man, cool, whatever, do whatever. As long as it doesn't make us bankrupt, that sounds like fun. Maybe it makes, we do stuff all the time. Like, so all the marketing stuff we've ever done is always like, would it be cool? Would that be fun? Will we go broke? Uh, would people talk about that? Yeah. Will we get sued? Getting sued's okay. Uh, <laughs> people talk about lawsuits. Yeah. And so like, it was like, why not? So we just shot like this little pilot episode. We started sending it to people. So then I made like, this list of like, who, what kind of stuff do we need for this house? Windows, doors, roof, tile. And there's this, there's a giant list. We started finding, looking for vendors. And then we started emailing people this link to this pe the web page that had the logo, the headshots, the description, the plans, the pilot episode. And I have a, a contact that was on Flip This House a long time ago. He gave me a quote like, this is gonna be a cool show. So I got like social proof on there, so I stuck a little. And we emailed QuickCrete, which is a concrete company in there. We were like, we need some concrete stuff. And they're like, sure, what you need? And we're like, whoa. We just emailed, like I used rocketreach.io and I just started finding like, head of PR at these big companies. And people would reply back and be like, what do you want? And we're like, so they're offering like free materials for you to use in, in this build out. Yeah. And you're coming to them with like a pretty professional looking, but it's still just a YouTube show. Like yeah. At this point, you don't have Lowe's behind it, right? Like you don't have nothing. But a free product to these people, especially concrete is nothing. It costs them nothing. And so every time we add a sponsor, I'd put their logo on the website. And so I'm adding sponsors, boom, boom, boom. And uh, within like a week, and we had like some stuff lined up, like some free stuff here and there. I can't remember the first. It was Quick Creed and somebody else. And then Lowe's had already been producing lots of shows for their YouTube channel. And we emailed the CMO at Lowe's. And he's like, well, yeah, this is cool. I forwarded it over to, I don't want to tell the guy's name because he's like, don't mention my name in any of your podcast interviews. I don't want 100 people emailing me about shows. Right. So right. there's another guy who runs his shows at um, Lowe's. And they're, they're really good content. And he was actually fantastic to work with. And they, they think, and they said, you know, every big brand has a YouTube channel. Don't look at it like a YouTube channel. Look at it like a TV network. And they're all trying to get content. Totally. And they're not set up for content. They're not production companies. They don't know about pilots. They're just now figuring this stuff out. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I first saw what you're doing with, with our little wear home. I'm like, Lowe's is doing that? Because... At first, I was like, I literally think that this is like a show on HGTV. Like, this must be on TV somewhere. It's that level of quality, that kind of like idea. But like, yeah, these big brands like Lowe's, you know, they do need this sort of consumer oriented content. And it's not like they, they don't have to 
compete to get it on TV. They all have these major YouTube channels to get content up. Oh, they're buying up shows. The amount of money they gave us, which I can't say, they couldn't have a team come down here for, for six months. So we were a bargain bin buy. The only way this works is I'm halfway decent on camera because of all my interviews and talking and on stage. And the house was odd and I had the production company. So I was able to double the money. And then I lined up a whole bunch of deals in the process that normally you wouldn't get with a show. Like I actually got in kind of a bit of trouble because um, <laughs> you're not supposed to line up deals. Actually, if, uh, vendors are supposed to go through Lowe's to get into their shows. Okay. And I didn't know that and got in big trouble, but uh, not big trouble. They tried to cancel the show and I talked them into it. But like Columbia Sportswear, which I'm wearing right now, Columbia Sportswear. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, they And Duluth Training Company gave us a pallets pile, and pallets of clothes. They have departments in those organizations that are called influencer departments that just give away stuff. That's all they do. Yeah. Just give away stuff. Just wear this on camera. Yeah. I mean, I have stuff in bags still. Uh, <laughs> you know, worn yet. So yeah. And this, it got much, again, it started with a very small idea. Lowe's could have literally said, Alan, we're going to give you, when they first contacted me, it kind of back. I thought that they would just be like, here's a gift card for 500 bucks. Uh, and it was a good six figure deal. I will, I will say that much. And or then at one point, I even teased my contact there. I thought it was going to be like supermarket sweep where they'd just be like, here's a shopping cart. You got eight minutes to fill it up. And I'll just be like, Grah. that's what I really, I still really want to do that. <laughs> but they wouldn't let, they won't let me. So, I mean, I'm just kind of curious about the whole timeline of this and the logistics. So you, did you shoot and produce all 10 episodes first or was it just based on the pilot? You got Lowe's on board. The pilot. Yeah. They signed up for 10 episodes. They wanted to buy the show name uh, because they thought they make it do it in other cities. So we ended up licensing the deal with them. And so like, and I know nothing about this stuff just in general. I don't know anything about anything. I'm really not that smart, but I got on the phone with them and they're like, we want to buy the show. And I'm like, tell me more of what that means. I have no clue. Then they're like, okay, we're going to license it. And even like we're on, we're on the phone with like these big PR, the head of PR at, head of PR at Mercedes, head of PR at Tesla. And they're like, uh, oh, so you're looking for an earned media deal. I'm like, oh, oh yes, I am. I'm Googling what earned media deal right, is right, right. while I'm on the phone with the head of PR at Tesla. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll ask questions and uh, I'm not going to let it stop me. And again, it started as a little idea. None of this stuff was going to sink my ship as a personal finance or business. And so it just kind of get, kept getting bigger and bigger and people started getting drawn to it. And we actually sold five episodes to Black & Decker as well. It's on the DIYs, DIYZ.com app and website. And so, yeah, it was a big, big project. It took about a year. That's awesome. Yeah, people kept seeing it with the cameras. And we had to get all the people that worked on the project to sign waivers. And so word kind of got out. But people would always be like, we're filming. And people are like, what are you doing? And we're like, a documentary. Yeah. So you're like walking through a Lowe's, like picking out countertops and it's like, you got these cameras and yeah, they, we had that like rope. We had to shoot really early in the morning at our local Lowe's and uh, they knew the store manager now. And I wanted to see how far I could get, like how far could I push that I was with corporate at the store? Like, can I crank a lawnmower up and ride around in it? And, but I never did anything like that. I did like really jump around on like appliances and you know, little silly stuff, but nothing. I really want to see like how far I can get away with stuff. I mean, so obviously, so this was like all less films, right? Like you and your guys shooting and producing everything there. Yeah, we were, we basically, the way we'd shoot it was we, we, I knew we also, when they, before they bought the episode, we outlined like eight bullet points, what each episode would have, you know, we didn't, we wouldn't go into lines, but I would say we want to talk about the roof and energy efficiency. 
the windows will be probably installed this time. We'll do this, 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 this. And then we basically gave them turnkey episodes. They had a little bit of feedback here and there, which was always really good. They were fantastic to work with. They probably were like the best client I've ever worked with in my life. They just kept saying, we even went way over deadline. And they were just like, totally cool. Just give us good content. That's all we care about. Like it was ugh, like, like that's like the best client ever, right? It's the dream. Oh yeah. Complete opposite of Black and Decker, by the way. Complete opposite of Black and Decker, but go ahead. Wait, so, so the Black and Decker deal, are those separate episodes or like these are like reused? Yeah, so it's 15 episodes, yeah. So five of those and then five of Black and Decker. Oh, wow. So there's like five episodes that I haven't even seen yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're as good because they, they really took a lot of our silly stuff out. And... Yeah. I'm curious about that. Like, I mean, again, like you guys did the production, but like I, a friend of mine was on House Hunters on HGTV and he was talking about how like, you know, what you see on the show, it's like there's like hours of other footage that they just cut out or like every scene that you see, like we walked into that kitchen, like 10 different takes and like, and stuff like that. Like, we weren't that bad. If you look, there's really no, like hardly any really, really set up scenes. We did have talking points. Like a lot of the segues between content sections are like these talking head moments where I'm talking to the camera and those are actually shot months and months later. Um, and we're like, oh, okay. Ooh, now we got to put the roof on, you know, and those were scripted or we have bullet points of what we want to talk about my, when my wife and I are going back and forth. And I'll say, well, I'll open it up. You say something about the roof, throw it back to me. I'll finish it about how we're going to start in the bathroom. Yeah. The best was how, how you get your kids in there. Right? Like, Oh, the kids now are like, Mike, check, check, <laughs> check, check. You know, they're like super like, where's my trailer right. you know, craft <laughs> services. Totally. Yeah. But even, you know, Lowe's has some really great other shows too. They have one called The Weekender. And I've since made contact with the girl that runs it. Her name's Monica. And she has like a real, like I always feel ragtag. She's like a real production. Like they have like monitors and stuff. They have like huge set of like 10 people filming. We're like a couple dudes with cameras and like a once in a while a light kit and some mics. We're not, when I look at us, I'm like a bunch of amateurs. But it's about the story. It's less about the gear. It's more about the story you're creating. Yeah. And it is like an actual really interesting build out and the story of how you guys moved. But I mean, literally turning a warehouse into your actual house and yeah. and the place looks awesome, you know, just looking at it through the videos and stuff. So, all right. So just let's just nobody email me telling me they need a show. I've got enough of those emails. Right. <laughs> I can't help you get a show. I can't film a show for you. If you want to create your own show. I would say that Lowe's and other people are literally buying. There's one called Threadbanger that they bought. They have a channel called Threadbanger. It's all shot on their iPhones. So you don't have to have a whole bunch of cameras. But what about less films? Like has work come out of this for less films? Yeah, we're shooting two more shows. One is Lowe's is like about to sign on it. And one we're shooting for about the brewery. Um, we're going to start a brewery. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so we bought another building over like across the street. <laughs> And uh, we're going to open a brewery and I don't know who's going to buy it. We, had, we don't have a, a full pilot yet, but I think someone will pick it up. I may even try Netflix. I don't know. I don't know if Facebook's buying content now too. They're all buying content. Apple, they're all doing. Yeah. It's a silly little idea. I think it's a kind of an interesting story of like, I don't know anything about breweries. Let's learn together. So it's like, there's a little bit of fear of like, you know, the little voices, right? There's one little voice that's like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> and the other voice is like, Actually, my, my other voice is little Steve. And little Steve says, lean into the fear. It's always worked out. You'll figure it out. Keep going. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we were just talking a bit about this offline, but, you know, before we dive into the brewery, I want to hear that what's on your mind there. But the, the aftermath of having this show reach this sort of audience and it's literally your home, your family, your home. Like what, what's like the good and the bad that's happened since then? Yeah, the good is people are now bringing me buildings in our downtown to fix. 
because they see that we did a really beautiful job of this house. And we love telling the stories of the buildings too. My family's been business owners downtown for 80 years. And that's kind of part of the goal of this whole thing, right? Like revitalize downtown, right? Oh, I'm going to shoot a show. I own five buildings now downtown. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a show for each one. I don't know if I caught lightning in a bottle with this show or if it's reproducible. You know, I don't know, but we're going to try. And so, yeah, it's been, it was, I could have made more money, but just writing software, not shooting the show. It's much easier doing something you know how to do. And you can make good 150, 200 bucks an hour doing software all day long. And the show was like a monster, huge project. But I think it put a nice spotlight on our little town, which was fun. It's really fun seeing the tradesmen get excited about it because these guys are like framers that don't get a lot of spotlight. They don't get a lot of glory. And they're so proud of the videos and the house. And that was really awesome for them to have that. The kids, our kids are homeschooled. And I think it was just like, you know, when you homeschool, I'm not trying to create like air quotes, better education. I want them to have a different education. And so like what's stranger than shooting a show with your dad and mom on the house you're living in, right? And so the kids just got this really crazy experience of like shooting a show and and all that kind of stuff. And so I call it a success. It has, the aftermath is like people take pictures of the house, which is totally cool. I'm very honored that I have a house. This house is way cooler than I will ever be. I'm a dork. And so people take pictures of the house, but sometimes they take pictures of us outside of the house. We'll be standing on our patio eating dinner and people will just walk out and start taking pictures of our family eating dinner without saying anything. And we're like, hey, uh, we're like people here. So, <laughs> right. Like at least say, you know, cause I'm my, like I literally locked eyes with this guy one time he was driving up the road. He stops his car, gets out all creepy style, pulls out a full size camera with a flash. He goes click. And this one picture Never stops. His eyes were locked with mine the whole time. Gets back into his car. And I'm just like, is this guy, you know, I don't want to be like, hey, what the, f-? right? Because then he may be like, I love the show. Or he may be going, this is the family I'm murdering tonight. Right. <laughs> you don't know what he's doing. So at least wave to me or be like, hey, you know. So there's been some bizarre little experiences like that. I think people just in general root for little downtowns. Like they want to see them successful. And our downtown's one of those too. And so there is a group of like, especially my wife gets annoyed by them, but like there's a group of like older ladies that are super excited about, and they like think that's my wife, Anna's like their buddy and they call her like, Hey sister. And they're like 70 years old. It's just like, Oh God. <laughs> they think they're like best friends. Big groupies. Yeah. Like basically little groupies. <laughs> Very cool. But it's fun. I mean, it's an honor that people want to even see the show. I mean, that's, it's just cool that people think, Oh, they find that that's interesting. You know, it's like when someone reads your blog post or like, Listen, I'll be, like see you at a conference. Oh, I love your podcast. You're like, whoa, people do like this? I know. What? You know, because it's such a faceless transaction. It really is. That's the thing with podcasting or YouTube. It's like, I've been doing this thing for over a year. And for most of that, I'm like, all right, literally nobody is like listening to this. Like not one person. Then, yeah, you're at microconf, you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. People, and you're like, wow, people will listen to that's crazy. Yeah. And the weird thing is like they know all about you and you know nothing about them. So yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, your beard looks much more full now. Right. You're like, okay. All right. <laughs> um, so it's 2018, obviously. Like, I kind of just want an update on like the give me like the landscape of how you're spending your time, your focus, because it sounds like you're doing a ton of different stuff. Like, okay, you, you did the wear home. Yeah. Now you're thinking about a brewery. You've got less films. You're still doing software consulting. You got that company going. Like how much of your time is like spread into these things? I'm all over the place. But that's that's been my life forever, right? So I don't find a lot of joy in like knowing I'm a little hectic right now. I will say that. 
I could really use a nap right now, actually. <laughs> but we've always done, Steve and I have always done a bunch of different projects and things and marketing and blog posts and ebooks and conferences. And I think that's great though. Like for me, yeah. for the past year, I feel like I've finally come around to this idea. Like it's okay to do a lot of stuff in the same year. Like that's natural. And I, yeah. for so many years, I felt like guilty. Oh, I'm not focusing. I'm not growing this thing as, as fast as I should. Like you got to jump around or at least for me. And you know, I know a lot of other people are doing that. I was at a local bar. This is run by Master Cicerone. It's actually a pool hall, smoke-free. It's just right over here. And her name is Hallie Stark. And Hallie said, we're interview- We're looking for new bartenders. And I was like, oh, cool. And I said, tell me about interviewing bartenders. And she said, well, she's actually has a master's in law. She's a, an attorney who left being an attorney to run a bar. Hmm. She's a Master Cicerone now. And she says, well, I tell them that this bar can either be their prison or their playground. And so I was like, damn, that is insightful. Your business can be your prison or your playground. You can either do lots of things and have fun with that or do one thing and have fun with that too, but choose what you want to do and have fun with it or it could be your prison, right? And so I have a lot of joy in doing lots of things that drives my wife kind of crazy. Like I spend most of my morning at a city commissioner meeting because now that I'm in real estate projects, I have to get variances on projects for parking and density issues and I need to be aware of what the commissioners are voting for and what their thing is and, you know, all that kind of new, it's a new dynamic. And so that kind of drives you crazy that I'm all, all over the place. And they see that more now because I'm doing stuff locally with local businesses and real estate stuff now. Oh, it's kind of like you're actually like doing like real work rather than just like computer, internet. Like re- real life stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, whatever, whatever that was. Well, that's what I told her. She said, you know, like, oh, you're having like all these meetings and things. I'm like, I'd be doing that on Skype. Years before, you just never saw it. And now when people are coming to the house, right? And so um, I have a meeting here at 3.30 actually. But now I do, we do a little software, we have a couple developers, and we're doing a couple small projects. And one of them is a project called dumptruck.com. And all the clients we have are super chill. None of them are demanding. None of them are, are like trying to build rocket ship startups and, and those kind of things. So they're fun. And um, Eugene, which is a developer that's been with Steve and I for since almost the very beginning, like 10 years, really runs those other guys. And he's fantastic. He really stepped up when Steve passed away. And it was just, he's been, he's been as amazing as he's always been. And um, then we have the video production company. And that is three and a half kind of full-time people, four full-time people. And we're still doing so- videos for software companies and shooting some shows and, and, you know, and shooting, you know, doing stuff for software companies like explainer videos and customer testimonial videos and conversion videos and demo videos and customer support videos. And like, where, where are you giving input into the software consulting shop and the less films? Like, is it mostly like sales calls, like, and kind of marketing ideas and stuff like that? Well, sales calls certainly for video because they're, these are little seven, you know, between five and $10,000 projects. So it's a sales call twice a week, three times a week. And then I'll help. I like writing scripts that storytelling. And so that, but Eric is, Eric Darnell, sort of the guy who runs less films for me. I'm, I need to stop saying for us, for me, um, is a world-class talent at lots of things. And he's amazing at scripts and illustrations and all that stuff. So him, I, but I, I have a lot of joy in collaborating with Eric on scripts. And so I do that occasionally. And the software company will occasionally bring me in for like a UI decision, but, or talk to a client or to help them like, you know, road mapping features kind of stuff. What do we need to launch kind of thing? I'm not going the button should be blue, not green. I'm not doing that kind of stuff. I've ever run a lot of HTML in like a year and a half uh, or Hamill or SAS or whatever the new yeah. hotness Whatever is. the kids are playing with. These yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So a brewery, what's going on with that? Where, where did the idea come from and where are you at with it? 
Yeah, so we bought a building in a foreclosure auction right across the street from us. It's 3,000 square feet, 14-foot ceilings, brick walls. Uh, we bought it for 145 so it's like 50, 45 bucks a square foot, something like that. I bought it in a foreclosure auction, which was the most frightening two minutes of my life. It's like you're bidding back and forth and like it's, it's crazy. And uh, we're going to do a brewery in it. We're going to put apartments on the second floor and then a rooftop deck. And it's probably about a seven, dollars $800,000 project. Um, the brewery, the equipment should do just over a million dollars between a million and 1.6 is what you're looking for in the brewery. I like a 65% profit margin, no distribution. We're not selling grocery stores. We're not selling kegs. We will sell growlers. If you're familiar with growlers or crowlers, which are can growlers, but distribution of uh, breweries is like a, it really does remind me of lifestyle software business versus funded startup. Like, right. If you're going with the distribution, you are salespeople, huge, huge equipment, front-loading all your costs to get these you know, POs back, and you're going big, 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 fat, more scale, more scale. To get your stuff like into other bars and into groceries and stuff like that. Yeah, and so that is a wrap. To me, that's like, I don't know. I want to build something that's fun that I want to go to that helps downtown. So we will only sell beer in our location. We only sell our beer, and uh, and I want to do weird stuff, right? It's gonna the weird stuff is gonna continue. We're shooting a show for it. Uh, I don't know who's gonna pick it up. We're working on the pilot right now. Where did I mean? Aside from the fact that it's awesome to run a brewery, like where where else did like the idea or the thought of opening a brewery in this space come from? Well, breweries have great profit margins, one, and then it's socially acceptable to have a like. I love brew dogs. And they do some crazy marketing stuff. I basically, I basically just want a reason to recreate Les Comp and the craziness of Les Comp every week. I didn't really. Know, I mean, I've heard about like the kind of uh, crazy growth in, in breweries in the last couple of years, but I've never really like, looked into that business model. So it's it's really profitable. Like, where did you hear about that stuff? Where did you dive in? Well, I met Rhonda Coleman. Uh, we had Rhonda Coleman speak at Les Comp one year. Rhonda Coleman was the co-founder of Boston Brewing Company, which is Samuel Adams. And I've got a friend, Nathan, down in uh, Tampa, Apollo Beach, that does uh, Four Stacks Brewing. And I, I just like businesses. I study lots of businesses. And they're, you know, self-storage is another business that, that I study. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, brewing's – and it also it, it's also key in a lot of revitalization of downtowns. And I've, got, I've, been, I've brewed beer before. You know, breweries are not seedy places where people get stabbed. It's like dogs and kids and – and that kind of stuff. And again, I want to build businesses that create the lifestyle that I want. Uh, I've toyed with the idea. Uh, I'm talking to a few people about leaving one of the apartments upstairs empty and do it, raising a round of funding through my friends. Like, who wants to put in 30 grand? Can I get 30 people to put in 30 grand? And you get to come hang out once a year and brew beer in the apartment for free. Like, you stay in the apartment for free, bring your wife or your husband or best friend, and you get to come brew beer you know, for four days. And the apartment stays open to investors. And so it's like, if that would give me a reason to hang out with interesting, smart people and like, I don't need the money, but it would be like, it's a reason to have friends come hang out in the little town that I live in. And so like all the businesses are here for you to craft the life that you want, but you can use it, the money you can use, like the brewery can help downtown. So that's another reason why I want to do it. I mean, you talked about kind of self-funding, like it, it, how are you funding this, this one? Is it cash your own thing? Or are you going in with other people or no? Well, I have, I have a partner I'm bringing on, but he's the silent part. Well, he's going to brew beer. Um, he's been brewing beer for like 13 years. He's like a beer nerd. He tracks like humidity levels and 
but he's bringing no money to the table, uh, which is fine. Uh, it's, I have less accounting money, and, and so we've done well with real estate here. We have rental properties, and so there's no big – because less we took less uh, some of the less accounting money and put it into real estate, and um, they're great rentals. And so between that and the businesses, I'm not in a hurry to the brewery, so we can – we'll shoot the pilot and start pitching the show to people. It may take a few months. Maybe no one picks it up at all. We just put it on YouTube. I don't really know. Yeah. I think someone will pick it up. I think even a brewing. Totally. I mean, especially what you've done with our little warehouse and the types of companies that you can go to with that. I mean, you can go to, you know, like food shows, food channels, food brands. Like- yeah. People who make brewing equipment. There's even companies that have steel packages for buildings. They want to go three stories. Eco Steel is one. And I just uh, want to see what I'll fail at. You know, that's going to it's like, I, I've always been reasonably successful. Like I've never been like smashingly world-class at anything, but um, why not? You know, why not? You know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Figure it out. The worst that could happen would be, we hate brewing beer. Nobody comes. The beer is terrible. And we sell the equipment or have another brewery come in to the space. And I just rent it as a landlord. Right. Uh, and that's not a bad alternative. Uh, be kind of, it would be kind of crushing and I'd look, feel a little foolish, but. I'll lean into that fear, you know. Totally, man. So it's awesome. Well, you know, exciting stuff all around. We're gonna get all all these things, all these crazy projects and TV shows and everything linked up in the show notes here. So what what else is kind of on your radar for the rest of this year, 2018? Obviously, you're, you're diving into the brewery thing. Anything else kind of on the burner? Not doing any traveling. Um, well, we're looking to get out of Panama City for like a month in August when it's super hot. <laughs> we met like Maine or something again. Yeah. Uh, but no, just going to work on the real estate. The real estate is a very slow guy. I'm, you know, tech software is so fast and you can iterate and, you know, you can have an app spun out in a weekend. Real estate is, especially developments, flipping houses quick. Building in down, historic downtowns, developments where you have to get variances and zoning and things changed and takes months and months and months. And so it's a whole shifting in perspective for me of like, these people move much slower than you do, Alan. So I've had to slow my roll. It's pretty cool to like take what we've, like the years of web and online video and design and software entrepreneurship and take that to these offline industries. Like, yeah, it takes all these months, but you're also producing a YouTube show out of it. So it's like, you're going to keep busy with it. Sure. Yeah, we hired our architect off of Upwork which is like where you people hire. Oh, nice. So like, how would you hire a VA? Same way I hired my architect. I basically found like yeah. four architects who I like their stuff and hired them and gave them, I said, here's 500 bucks each. Here's what we want. Throw me some ideas. It's amazing. Like so many people to us, this is normal. Right, right. But I'm talking, I'm talking to like my brother or whoever at, at dinner. And it's like, wait, so like everybody, you guys just use like Slack and you just do like Skype calls and you could hire people anywhere. Like I, my mind is blown right now. Like it's, you know, but to us, it's like, how, how could you not work that way? I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's been fun. I think real estate's, I think real estate's more fun than software. The money's not better, but it's really fun to be like, you could point, you know, you could put a hundred grand. I've, we've all seen people put hundreds of grand, thousand dollars in the software and not get a customer out of the thing. And at least with real estate, you go like, look at this wall. I built this wall today. It's a real wall. It'll be here in 20 years, hopefully. Yeah. And so there's like this nice legacy and, and it feels, it feels real and tangible and you know, there's legacy in it. Especially when you're buying downtowns, you become sort of a fabric and part of the story of the building. And I've realized that too lately. You know, we bought, this was the site of the original schoolhouse and church in Panama city. They picked the building up in the 1920s and rolled it down the street to start a new church. Ford Motor Company built this building and it was a Ford Motor Company auto garage and then it was used as a piano repair center and then blah, blah, blah. 
one one day a dude bought it and he built it into a home and it was a TV show, right? And so you become part of that story. You're you're a caretaker of that building for a few decades or whatever, and then someone else gets it and they start telling your story. And I, I think that's kind of cool. There's something sentimental and kind of beautiful about that. That's great, man. Well, yeah, great to catch up with you. Always uh, enjoyed following what, what you're doing. It's always something new, something creative. It's awesome. Something weird, something harebrained. <laughs> cool. All right. Have a good one. See you, man. All right. Now, before we wrap up, let me ask you, what did you think of this one? Was it good? You learned something? Are there any other topics you'd like to hear me cover on this pod? Well, let me know. No, I mean, really, like, let me know. Hit reply on any of the emails that I sent you. I'll read every single one. I try to reply to everyone. What's that? Oh, you're not on my list yet. Okay, well, head over to my site, productizepodcast.com. You can get on my email newsletter that way. I'll send you, you know, new episodes and all the show notes, but I'll also send you my newsletter where I share all sorts of articles and other insights on entrepreneurship, building products, productized services, software, SaaS, and other cool stuff there. So yeah, check that out over at productizepodcast.com. And of course, if you have a minute, I'd really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, or at least just five stars. You don't even have to leave a review if you don't want to, but that would really go a long way to helping other folks like us find this podcast. So yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll talk to you on the next one.